So here at the church, we are dedicated to making fully, like to discipling people to be fully dedicated followers of Jesus who loved God and loved to serve others, right? We're a Christ-centered community of covenant people who learn and live by the Apostles' Creed, who are are, are committed to memorizing the summary of the gospel and confessing daily that Jesus is Lord. Because we understand if Jesus could rise from the dead, we could at least rise from our beds, right? And get off our couches, get off our, out of our beds and respond to the Lord's resurrection life within us. Joining Jesus in what he's up to in the world. And we call on others to join in on us, not just removing and isolating themselves and forming some kind of ideological ghetto, but to plant our feet more firmly on earth while our spirits soar to the heavens. And we live under open heaven and giving God's, uh, operating under, for God's pleasure and purpose. We are not of this world, but we live in this world to show the love of God. We collectively are the ecclesia of God, the called out ones, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. See, Jesus Christ is crucified, resurrected, enthroned, triumphant, and the living Lord. He is our pursuit. He is our passion. He is our purpose and our life. And though though we always want to cover the supremacy of Christ and theology and doctrine, we also have to help you establish a biblical worldview and a doctrinal framework surrounding the important issues of our lives. Now, I'm the first one to admit, I'm trying to be like the New Yorkian Enoch, right? I want to be like spiritual. I want to love like John. I want to work tirelessly like Paul. You know, I'm occupied with the mystique and mystery amid the distractions of the ordinary. But I realize that I have to bring some extra to my ordinary so I can invest and invite others to the kingdom. I believe we could be a church of people that could live distinct and distinct lives with quiet dignity. And we have to redeem the big areas of our natural life like work, relationships, health, finances. And today I'm going to focus on work. And today's sermon is don't waste your work. You know, if Ethan wants to put this down, a three-sentence summary of what today's about. God created human beings to uh, create, build, and steward. We were created to create. We were built to build. Work reflects our worship. Our worship of God will not stop on Sunday, but will continue throughout the week. Can I hear an amen? Today, I want to spark your curiosity and bring you to the gate of truth to help you discover the Christian theology of work and what that means for the church today. While work can often seem like a four-letter word, God has formed us to create, build, and steward this creation. Our worship of God does not stop just right now, but it continues throughout the week. We whistle and worship while we work. We love and live. I also want to share this topic because the board, the leadership, recognizes that work, workplace stress, dwelling stress, like our apartments where we live, relationships and health are a big part of your lives and we want to equip you and speaking about equipping you i'm about to talk for the next 30 minutes of work but tonight at five o'clock my man ray g pastor ray is starting a new series it's called love sex lies and alibis what so today alone you can learn what god says about work 
But God says love, sex, lies, alibis, and that starts at 5 p.m. Ethan could put the information in the chat on the Zoom ID and password for our how. Now back to the sermon. There are th two or three types of people and ways to look at work. One, many people hate their job or simply endure it because they have to. That's the truth. There's another type of person. And I kind of fall into this person sometimes if I don't stay right with God. A workaholic because they find their identity in an occupation or because of deep-seated obsession with money. I chihuahua. I would say with me, a fear of poverty. A fear of poverty and fear of not uh, giving my children and my wife all the opportunities they need to flourish in life. Hey, Titi Kalina. All right. So maybe we can think about it in a new way, right? Instead of hating work or being obsessed with work, maybe we could be the type of person that work doesn't define us, but refines us. A person who brings God's love and the demonstration of biblical principles to that space. A person that's not only, um, they know it's not about what they do, but how they do it. They know that they're in Christ. They know their identity and inheritance in Christ, so they know their job description is not their self-description. They recognize and realize that their net worth is not their self-worth. They know that you don't see the world as it is, but you see it as a reflection of yourself, of how you are. And they know without changing ourselves, nothing will make us happy. Hold up, I'm preaching. <laughs> I'm preaching. So let's get a scriptural framework of work. First thing we want to look at is Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 1, um, 1 through 28. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read some of it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And there's some deep meaning behind that. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Some people say you see the whole trinity there. You see Yahweh Elohim, the creator. see the Holy Spirit and that Jesus is the word. And God saw the light was good and that he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening and morning came marking the first day. And then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that is what happened. God made this space separate the waters of the earth from the waters of heaven. And God called the space sky and the evening passed. And the morning came, marking the second day. So we see here um, for the rest of the chapter, God is working. All right, so let's look at um, this next scripture. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. In instant vision. It says, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Oh, that's good right there. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 49, in the New King James Version, when they lost Jesus, right? Sometimes we lose Jesus, but we get so busy with religion and tradition and occupation we lose Jesus. And so the parents lost Jesus and they found him. And he said to them, why do you seek me? 
Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Ooh. Jesus said, find some business. He said, because I'm in my father's business. All right, so Genesis 1, God is creating. Colossians, Paul, big, big apostle Paul says, whatever you do, do everything in the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 2, 49, Jesus, when he's 12 years old, he said, don't you know I'm about my father's business? John chapter 5, verse 17 in the English Standard Version, ESV, says, but Jesus answered them, my father's working until now, and I am working. Work, 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 work. So brothers and sisters, you and I were created to work. To the temporary ears, this slogan may sound like a workaholic's dream or a poster to a boss encouraging people to work, answer their emails on weekends, and don't do that. But work is an integral part of our lives and a part of our discipleship. Depending how long we work or live, a large portion of our life is around work. And it takes so much of our time, right? We, we, you know, we have to get dressed for work. Sister Adam's packing her food for work. There's travel to work, and then there's work. And then you have to travel home, decompress, take care of your family, and prepare for work. So might as well find a way to put Christ in the center of this endeavor. See, God says a lot about work. And to fully understand the spiritual and theological significance of work, we have to go to the beginning, right? Practice first principles. The book of Genesis describes the moment when God created the heavens and earth. And the first few scriptures, we see he creates light, sky, animals, and finally human beings in verse 26 of Genesis 1. Humans are created in his image and likeness. An image is also a verb, right? To image, to, to, to copy him. If God, God creates and works, we create him. We create him. He means build, cultivate, discover, create. Humans were created to create and shit and shit and shaped to work. I recently shared that uh, in one of my, I think my newsletter, that God never made the table, but he made the tree and he made the man and the man out of the tree made the table, right? And so every Tuesday, I think every Tuesday, new albums come out, new books come out. Every month, new TV shows come out, new movies come out. And though due to the emergence of algorithms, society uh, in terms of creativity is somewhat stuck, nevertheless, creation happens. New concepts of education, right? In my job, we'll go to new professional developments and it'll make us think like, yo, how do we lead schools so long without incorporating this? There's always new things, new framework, new concepts. Even in pro football and basketball, there's always new concepts, right? Remember when uh, the Golden State Warriors started really doing that motion offense and really using data to focus on three-point shot? No one could touch them. You know, in pro football, there's always these new uh, concepts to create mismatch. And things are always uh, coming out and evolving, and we have to learn to stay in step. Genesis chapter 1, 2, guys, before increasing her fill her except of students. God gave his job to flex his attention to the world by cultivating and stewarding creation. Now, after the fall is when the complexity and frustration that came for work, work became harder. They became uh, this inertia. The land fought back. The animals didn't like them no more. They had to work harder. And work could be a curse, but for the beginning, 
it was supposed to be a reflection of worship. And then, you know, um, some of our Pentecostal and theologian and pastors will say that when you put crown of orange head, that's a curse of worship. So what to the church of God? Paul writes to them, he says, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. And Paul cast a wide net when it comes to work and worship. Paul was a worker. He used to, um, he was a tent maker. Some people, he always carried like just tools, right? Just tent tools. He learned when he was a young man. And I believe they said that some people realize now through the, the Greek usages of the word, he would make tents for a commercial, for stores, Large tents, right? Not little tents like where they live. People already have houses. But he would make a large tent. So he, he even had a job. But he, you know, even though he had all this revelation, right? He was the, really the first one to really put, uh, articulate the gospel and the mystery. And he had all this revelation. He was well-traveled. He was a Roman citizen. He had a big brain. He was taught by the teacher, the number one rabbi named Gamaliel before he got converted. He still worked. He still worked with his hands. That's why he says, whatever you do, do it unto the Lord. Work is being renewed in every aspect of our life. The Lord became our leader who works at the task of changing the world and he uses us. You know, speaking about Paul, I want to suggest to you guys that you read Colossians and Ephesians together repeatedly. John and Revelations uh, repeatedly together to get a big picture. But back to work. We realize that work is frustrating and we must learn to have a new perspective of the work even though it's affected by the fall. We have to ask the Holy Spirit to change the ways we contribute to the hostilities of work. We could pray for our bosses. We could pray for the toxic co-workers. That God softens the hearts if the workplace is tense. I've seen little miracles at work. You know, I don't know if you have, but I've seen little miracles at work. And we got to pray. We got we to gotta give this to the Lord. We ask the Holy Spirit to empower us, to give us wisdom, insight, foresight, strength, and revelation in different areas of work and what we do. Now, what if you say, but Pastor Ed, my job sucks. It's a rough then I have to ask you, did you really pray for your boss for a season? Did you really pray about changing your attitude? Have you been faithful with the little things? It's important to remember that God is faithful. And when he has, uh, he has a, this is just a moment in the grand journey of life. We don't always see the larger picture of why we're at a certain job. But perspective is key, fam. Ask the Lord, and if the work is terrible, ask the Lord to open another door, even if it's a window. <laughs> we have to remember about our calling, our choices, and our chances. Right? We got to remember our calling, we got to make smart choices, and we got to be prepared when opportunity comes through chances. Pray for wisdom, pray for strength, seek out counsel. So I see my wife do that with major decisions. She was talking to Sister Vicky. Um, Cassandra, my, my aunt, Margaret, Avis, she was getting counsel. She was getting counsel. 
And so maybe you have to get counsel. Maybe you have to speak to Natalie, right? She's a great strength coach. Maybe you have to speak to uh, someone who retired, like Sister Carlina. Or maybe you have to speak to a counselor like Avis. But we have to get wise counsel regarding these areas. And maybe you're at work and maybe you have to do a better job of being faithful in the small. Maybe you have to track your effectiveness, your value add. Maybe you want to upgrade your resume, get your profile up in LinkedIn, sign up for the NYC job text feature. Maybe while you're at work and you work for a corporation that gives you free training or free Coursera classes, you can take new classes. Maybe the Holy Spirit wants you to enhance your image and your personality. I just pray that the Lord will help you discern, decide, discern, decide, and gain supernatural discipline. Why do I say supernatural? Because for some of us, discipline is hard. And we have to ask God. It's easy to make a decision. It's hard to manage a decision. And we have to ask God. Remember when Jesus turned the water to wine, he cut the fermentation time. And so God can shorten the distance between where you want to be and where you are now. And sometimes that distance between destiny and reality is called discipline. And so we got to pray that the Lord gives us discipline because we can't be a disciple if we don't have discipline. And I want to tell you that you might say, Pastor Rand, what's all this spiritual talk about work? I'm telling you, the anointing cuts the time. It builds us up. It heals us. We have to be built for the next level. Sigmund Freud said this. Most people do not really want freedom because freedom involves responsibility and most people are frightened of responsibility. Or maybe Ethan can put that in the chat. Most people do not really want freedom because freedom involves responsibility and most people are frightened of responsibility. The, the philosopher Nietzsche once said, quiet fruitfulness, the born aristocrat of the spirit are not over eager. Ooh, that's good. There's a type, there's a type higher than the productive man. So why do I say this? Because brothers and sisters, some of us, we need healing. We need the Lord to re renew our mind around work. Why healing? Because sometimes our past hurts impact our future opportunities. Why healing? Because I already taught you a few months ago about attachment styles. There's secure, there's anxious, uh, and oblivion, just disorganize and avoid it. We want to we want to operate from a secure, not neurotic, not disorganized, not avoiding, not contentious, but a secure, confident attachment style, relationship style. Because listen, listen to this. We are the products of our past, but we don't have to be prisoners to it. See, most churches won't teach you this. We don't always get the future we deserve. We get the future we negotiate. This guy named Bug Mr. Fuller says, we are called to be the architects of our future, not the victims. There was a saying um, in England hundreds of years ago that the Battle of Waterloo, right? That's where they defeated Napoleon. The Battle of Waterloo was won on the playing fields of Eton. Now, Eton was their number one boys prep school, right? So it says the Battle of Waterloo was won on the playing fields of Eden, Eton. Um, the military success was based on the values, athletic competition, and history that were taught to schoolboys in public school. And I say that because I want to make sure that our services here at Summit Church touch your head, 
your heart, and your hands. Because I believe the victory we walk in was paid for by Jesus, but is reminded to us every Sunday right here at church. And brothers and sisters, I've seen people, I've seen Raymond, I've seen Natalie, I've seen Petey, I've seen Anna break the cycles of poverty. And it's more than just hard work. There's an inner work, not just an outer work. And that's why when you come to church, you're cheered up, you're built up, and you're prayed up. If we could help you learn to put Christ in the center, to be a little bit more healed every week, a little wiser, a little kinder, a little bit more aware of stewardship, to get victory over vices that drain our dignity, our anointing, and our dollars. There was this revivalist named Jonathan Edwards. He once led a revival in a minor town. And the prosperity of the town went up because all the men stopped wasting their money on booze and prostitutes. They stopped getting fired for insubordination. They stopped getting suspended for fighting. They stopped calling out sick because of hangovers. These men began to get blessed based on the, based on the opportunities they already had because they cut the drainage. Ooh, that's a word for somebody. That's a word. So, so for some people, there's drainage in our lives. There's secret sin. There's, there's, there's bad habits that are draining our finances, draining our dignity, draining our future opportunity. So Jonathan Edwards taught these men. They didn't know what to do with all this money. He said, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Oh, that's good stuff right there. And that's why we want to disciple you to let your lifestyle, relationship, and work life become a reflection of your identity and inheritance in Christ. Because brothers and sisters, you are appointed, you are anointed, you are ambassadors, and you are aristocrats of the kingdom. And work matters in terms of the Great Commission and our testimony individually and as a church. I saw this on Instagram last week. If the world hates you because of Jesus, eh, we can expect that. But if the world hate, hates Jesus because of you, that's a problem. Ooh, so if the world hates you because of Jesus, that's like their problem. But if, the, if they hate Jesus because of you, then that's a big problem. I'm about to end right now. Just remember, work becomes worship when you dedicate it to God and perform it with awareness of his principles. While we wait for God to work for us, God is waiting to work through us. And he works through us sometimes through work. All right, so the big ideas today, I'm going to pray out. God created us to create to build and steward. Work reflects our worship. Our worship of God will not stop on Sundays, but continues throughout the week as we become contagious Christians. Calm is contagious. Peace is persuasive. Have a good testimony. Be that salt and light. And if you're in a toxic place, pray. Pray. If you're undervalued, Pray. Listen, we chase from our wounds. We choose from our worth. So you have to know your worth. And, oh, I'm going to say that again. We chase from our wounds and we choose from our worth. Know who you are in Christ. Know who you are in Christ. So I want to pray for you. 
I want to pray, if you're looking for a new job, I pray that the Lord will lead you in that process. If you're looking for a promotion, I pray that the Lord will just bring so much value add to your life. You will bring so much value add that they will have to pay you because they can't lose you. Because they can't operate without you. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And I pray that we will learn to worship while we work. We will learn to be the salt and light wherever we go. That we will stay holy, happy, healthy, and helpful. Father, I pray for the entrepreneurs, Lord. I pray that you help them work on systems. Great systems. Great infrastructure. That you help them create a culture. So when other people work for them, they'll remember how jobs they didn't like and they won't repeat the same pattern. Father, I pray for those who are undervalued, underpaid, underappreciated at their job. I pray, Lord God, you begin to give them favor. That they'll stay faithful. And Lord, that you will open another door, another window for them. Father, I pray for those who work in a toxic workplace. I pray, Lord God, for a hedge of protection around their heart, an emotional and physical and spiritual circle of protection around them. I pray, Lord God, that you, Lord God, will either change the atmosphere or change the location of where that saint works. Father, I pray for those who, who are unemployed, that you just help them, Lord God. Like I prayed earlier, that you just help them, that, that they will realize that, that, the, that the devil cannot defeat them if they don't believe his lies. And if they hurt, hold on to your word and their sword. Continue to heal us of our past. Continue to re refine our personality. Help us enhance our image. And help us, Lord, to work onto you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, fam. I pray that this um, message was um, motivational, informational, and that you received impartation. Don't forget Wednesday. Well, don't forget tonight.